Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. Yes, yes, it's another one. We did it again. I hope you liked the previous episode if you didn't hear it. First of all, you got to go back to the beginning of this whole dictionary journey and start there. And uh, yeah, the previous episode had a guest, Michael Callahan, from the podcast Where We Go Next. I thought we had a really good time talking, and we he brought up a ton of great information. And you should go check out his podcast, where he gives you a whole bunch of other good information about just the, the widest ranges of topics. Okay, this, this episode is going to have some animals in it and some other things. Yeah, and also, we are starting with the shiniest of things, the hardest of things. It's the diamond. D-I-A-M-O-N-D, first form, noun from the 14th century. 1A, native crystalline carbon that is the hardest known mineral that is usually nearly colorless, that when transparent and free from flaws is highly valued as a precious stone and that is used industrially, especially as an abrasive. Also, a piece of this substance is diamond. That was a lot of information. Uh, let's see. It's it, it's created from carbon, uh, like what you get coal from, but when it's pressed down, there's all this pressure. It's way underground. There's all this material above it, uh, and it's being pressed, pressed down by the gravity of the world, uh, and it eventually... Uh, turns into this this shiny hard mm, stuff i don't know how it's done there was a great scene in uh the adventures of baron munchausen from the 80s where i think the god vulcan he he is portrayed as this uh like blacksmith kind of character and he's very very strong and he takes a piece of coal and he squeezes it in his hand and he creates a diamond uh, so what? So that's what it is. It's very, very hard. The hardest known mineral, and it's usually colorless. But sometimes there is some color, and uh, that's one of the things when you're checking out a diamond. There's like the four C's: the color, the clarity, the uh, this, yeah, I can't remember the other ones. Why are you testing me on this? Um, free from flaws. Sometimes, usually. And uh, it's very precious, as we know. Everybody knows that the that diamonds are everybody's favorite thing. Not necessarily. And, uh, yeah, they use this sometimes as an abrasive. Like, I don't know if it's in, uh, let's say there's, like, diamond-coated things where, because it's so hard, little pieces of it, you can use it like a, uh, like a, like a sandpaper kind of thing, but more, you know, more, more industrious, more industrially <laughs> than that. Uh, that's not the best way to describe it. My brain is still waking up. Shut up. Um, and uh, so that was all 1A. 1B is going to be similar. This is crystallized carbon produced artificially. So I don't think cubic zirconium would be considered this, but there is the process. They can make this in the lab where if you take carbon, say, oh, I don't know, the carbon from the ashes of somebody who has been cremated, they can take that carbon 
and do something to it to create diamonds uh, from, from deceased people. So that's pretty cool. If you want to be a diamond when you die, you can do that. Number two, something that resembles a diamond as in brilliance, value, or fine quality. So if it's very fine, it has a lot of value, and it is very brilliant, you could call it a diamond. Like, this podcast is a diamond in the rough. Three, a square or rhombus-shaped figure, usually oriented with a long diagonal vertical. Uh, I don't I don't know how the long... The rhombus? Fig, fig, what? Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think of, you think of a, uh, like a kite? Yeah. I think a kite is diamond-shaped um, because, I guess, the long diagonal is vertical. Yeah, because it's, uh, there's a short diagonal and a long diagonal. It's like a cross, and then the, the shape is, I'm trying to describe visually, uh, orally, how do, how do you describe what this shape is it's like it's like a rectangle that's sort of been like tilted on its side not not no that's not the way it's been canted it's been the top part has been like shifted over to one side and so it creates this um it's like two triangles stacked on top of each other Ugh, i'm doing a terrible job at this maybe we should post a picture on the social media of a diamond shape um Let's see, number 4A, a playing card marked with a stylized figure of a red diamond. And that's the same shape that we just talked about for number 4. But what's funny is that these are not shaped like the diamonds that we think of, like like the gem. It's just the, uh, it's the, the hat with the hat underneath, it's the pointy, th- it's just a diamond. We all know what a diamond shape is. For B... This would be plural sometimes. The suit comprising cards marked with diamonds. So a the card itself that has the red diamond on it can be a diamond, but also just the suit of diamonds is called diamond or diamonds. It's the diamonds. Number five, a baseball infield, and then also the entire playing field. And that's because it's shaped kind of like a diamond. I mean, I think it's maybe a square, but maybe it's more diamond-shaped because you don't think of it as a square. You think of it as a point uh, where home plate is, and then it sort of goes up in a diamond shape from there to first base, to second base, to third base. But then, yeah, the whole whole playing field is also kind of diamond-shaped. Let's see. This is from... From... Latin, the Latin word adamas, which means hardest metal or diamond, and I guess that's also a Greek word. So it became, it was adamas, and then it became diamas, that's lower Latin, and then Middle French, diamond, and then, you know, then to Middle English, and then to English. So, uh, yeah, it's just this super hard material that has a triangular rhombusy shape thing. We'll we'll have to post a picture of just shiny diamonds on social media as well. Um anything else about those things not that I can think of. Are diamonds a girl's best friend? Maybe some girls, 
but that's that's kind of a dated statement now. Oh, the sound effect that we're going to do today is going to be the second form of diamond is a transitive verb from 1751, and this is to adorn with or as if with diamonds. If you're putting diamonds on a thing, maybe maybe your watch has diamonds on it. It has been diamonded. Diamond your watch. The third form of diamond is an adjective from 1872 of relating to or being a 60th or 75th anniversary or its celebration, as in Diamond Jubilee. So, not too long ago, before she passed away, Queen Elizabeth celebrated her Diamond Jubilee because she was the queen for 75 years. And I don't know how long she ended up reigning for. I don't know what, was it like 77, 78, 79? I don't know if she hit 80. But I guess for like a wedding anniversary, I think the traditional gift, the traditional... Uh, thing for a 60th anniversary is diamond. But there are more modern gifts for those wedding anniversaries, so I don't know if 60 is still diamond or if it's something else. Who, if I were to hit 60 years, if Sharon and I hit 60 years, uh, we would be dead. <laughs> we, we both, we got married uh, late because we were both married before. So we were in our 30s So yeah, we would be in our 90s if we hit 60. That would be awesome. The next word, diamondback. One word, adjective from 1887, having marks like diamonds or lozenges on the back. I've never heard lozenges be described that way. Um, Diamondback, I think this is like a snake uh, we do have a couple more diamondback things. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're going to post some pictures of these next few things because, well, first of all, it's fun to see them. We have different animals. And the shape, the, the, the marks, the shapes of the marks on their back are either diamonds or lozenges. They're like kind of squares, with maybe curved edges or curved uh, corners or angled corners. But so they can be b- sort of between a lozenge, which I don't, I don't understand why we're using that word to describe that shape, um, or, or diamonds. Diamonds or lozenges on the back. The next word, diamondback moth. Two words, noun from 1891. A nearly cosmopolitan moth whose larva is a pest on cruciferous plants. And this is from the family Plutelidae, Plutelidae, and the species name is Plutella zilostella. And that second word starts with an X. Um... It doesn't say why it's diamond back, but I have to assume that the shape of the marks on its back are diamonds or lozenges. So yeah, we'll post a picture. The next word, diamond back rattlesnake, which might make a sound like noun from 1894. 
either of two large and deadly rattlesnakes. Um, and the, uh, let's see, we have, we have species names. So the one of the southeastern U.S. and, uh, yeah, the southeastern U.S. is Crotalus adamantius. Crotalus adamantius. And that's interesting because adamantius is, uh, oh boy, I'm learning something. So, okay, I'll come back to that. So that is from the Latin word adamas, which is hardest metal or diamond, which we learned in the etymology for the word diamond. Um, and I am now realizing that the uh, the metal, the metal that goes on Wolverine's that is on Wolverine's uh, skeleton is adamantium, because it means hardest metal or diamond. I never knew. I was like, why is it called adamantium? Well, now we know it's from Latin. There is another species of this diamondback rattlesnake, which is of the south central and southwestern U.S. and Mexico, and that is called Crotalus atrox. Crotalus atrox. This rattlesnake is also just called diamondback or diamondback rattler. That's with two T's. And it goes. The next word is diamondback terrapin. Two words, noun from 1887, any of several terrapins, formerly widely distributed in salt marshes along the Atlantic and Gulf coasts, but now much restricted. Who is restricting them? So the genus name is Malaclemis, and uh, this is this is a kind of turtle. It shows a picture actually of this diamondback terrapin. It looks like it probably lives, yeah, it lives in the salt marshes, so it goes between the water and the, the land. And the shape of these marks on its back, on its shell, these mostly do look lozenge-shaped. That's hard to say, lozenge-shaped. Um, they just sort of fit together. Their, their corners are sort of edged, they're curved, they're angled. And uh, yeah, obviously, we're going to post a picture of one of these two. It's funny, though, because I think, at least for this guy, this little diamondback terrapin, they're not shaped like diamonds, at least not most of them. And so, I mean, maybe it was just weird to say lozengeback terrapin. Nobody would want to say that. Diamondback sounds so much fancy, so much more fancy and interesting. Ooh, what does a diamondback terrapin look like? The next word, diamondiferous, diamondiferous, adjective from 1870, containing diamonds, as in diamondiferous earth. Our earth does contain diamonds because they're always being created by the pressure of the carbon. So we're we're a diamondiferous earth. Earth. That's why my mouth doesn't want to work. Also, I burned my tongue recently, and I think that might be affecting how I talk a little bit. Diamondiferous earth. The next word. It's a phrase, diamond in the rough, four words, from eight, um, 1785. One having exceptional qualities or potential 
but lacking refinement or polish. Mm, yeah, this is uh, this is definitely this podcast is definitely a diamond in the rough because it has exceptional qualities. Clearly, everything I say is exceptional. the The quantity, no, the quality of the material that I'm talking about, either what I'm reading or what I'm saying, is just top notch. It is sparkly and beautiful and fancy and diamondiferous, but it is lacking some refinement or polish. Sorry about that. That's just how it is right now. Maybe someday it won't be so rough. The next word, there's no more diamond words. We have finished all the diamond words. We are moving on to Diana with a capital D. Noun from the 13th century. An ancient Italian goddess of the forest and of childbirth who was identified with Artemis by the Romans. I don't understand what identified means here. Identified with Artemis? I don't don't know what that is. Um, Goddess of the forest. That that sounds like a a great thing to be the goddess of. You just get to hang out in the forest all day. And and then I guess bear childs. Uh, yeah, that's Diana. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes so you can learn more about Diana and then probably Artemis. The next word. Dianthus. D-I-A-N-T-H-U-S. Noun from circa 1766. The synonym is just the number one definition for the second form of pink, P-I-N-K. So, I mean, I would assume it's related to the color pink, but maybe not. Um, What we can say, though, is this is from the Greek word dios, D-I-O-S, which means heavenly. And then they added the word anthos which means flower, so it's like heavenly flower. Dios and anthos make dianthus. There is more at the words deity and anthology. Anthology? That's related to flower? Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it must be some sort of flower that's pink, I guess. The next word... Diapason. Diapason or diapason. Dia- yeah, that's how you say it. D I A P A S O N. Noun from circa 1501. 1A. A burst of sound, as in diapasons of laughter. If I laugh, ha 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 ha. That is a diapason. A burst of sound? I mean, I guess like an explosion, a gunshot, a firework. That would all be a burst of sound. Uh, 1B, the principal foundation stop in the organ extending through the complete range of the instrument. So it's something about organs. I know they have stops and things, but I don't fully know or remember what all of those, what that is exactly. It's not the pipe, it's a thing, it's like a button. 
it's like a button on the organ i think is that the stop um the principal foundation stop so it's like a bass stop the foundation stop and it goes through the whole range of the instrument yet yeah, not exactly sure what that means um hmm organ people let me know what this is diapason 1c1 is the entire compass of musical tones so all of the musical tones is the ti- the diapason this is a fascinating word how have i never heard this before i did music um the entire compass of musical tones is the diapason are now are these the pitches from the low pitches to the high pitches or are these all the different sounds that can be created from you know like a big full bass sound to like uh like a brassy sound to a woodwind sound and you can create all of those sounds on an organ to an extent uh so that must be maybe hmm what's 1c2 the synonyms are range and scope as in registers the full diapason of her responses and that is from mindy Alof, Alof, uh, A, Alof, I don't know, Mindy Alof. The full diapasons of her responses, it's the range, the scope, it's all the things from, from, the, from the beginning to the end, and everything in between is the diapason. 2A, the synonym is a tuning fork. A tuning fork is a diapason? Wow, how have I not heard this one before? To be a standard of pitch. Okay, so a tuning fork has one pitch. There's lots of different tuning forks at lots of different pitches. Big forks and little forks. And so a standard of pitch um, is a diapason. I'm not sure how you would use that necessarily in context or in a sentence. There's lots of pitch standards. I mean, 440 hertz is kind of a standard. It's, It's an A. Uh, but I think some people like to use a different standard of pitch, which I guess is, I guess you call it a diapason. But where does this word come from? It is from Greek. Oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information here. From Greek, it starts with he in parentheses, and then it says diapason, two words. So it's the same thing. And that means... Oh, there's another section in parentheses which says cordon symphonia. And so this whole thing literally means the concord through all the notes. So yeah, all the notes from beginning to end is the diapason. So that is from dia, which means through, which we learned a number of episodes ago. And then pason, maybe that's how you say it, is the feminine plural of pass or pass which means all so it's just through all the stuff through all that's it it does it doesn't have to be about music or tones or pitches it's just all the stuff uh, and there's more at the prefix dia and the prefix pan p-a-n ah yes pan uh like pan Ooh, i'm trying to think of a a word that starts with pan but anytime you put pan in front of a word uh, it kind of means just all, all the things, everything. Pan, oh, pandemic, 
a pandemic is a, a problem throughout the whole world. Uh, okay, diapason, good word. Next word. Diapause. Diapause. It's like you play and pause. It's that pause. It's not the pause on a dog. It's the pause that's the opposite of play. Noun from 1893. A period of physiologically enforced dormancy between periods of activity. So what what is pausing? Physiologically enforced dormancy. So you're you're something in a body, a living thing probably is being paused. Hmm, between periods of activity. And maybe uh this is probably like when an animal goes to hibernate. I think this is this would be considered a diapause because they are um they have period of activity through most of the year or half of the year, and then their body is going to go into a dormancy. It's going to go sleep uh, for a while, and uh, the body it does some weird things. It's it can do this for a while. This is from the Greek diaposis, which means pause, from diapoin, which means to pause, from dia plus poin, which means to stop. And then I guess dia, the tia prefix here, probably means across or through. So it's through a section of time your body is pausing. Hmm. The next word. Diapausing. Adjective from 1944. Undergoing diapause. So a bear, when it gets to, you know, the fall, the winter... It's like, oh boy, I am so tired. I need to go. I think I I feel a diapausing coming on. Let's go diapause. I'm going to take my pause and I'm going to walk myself into my den and we're going to do a diapause with my pause. Okay, the last word in this episode is diapedesis. Diapedesis, D-I-A-P-E-D-E-S-I-S. Noun from 1625, the passage of blood cells through capillary walls into the tissues. And this, I wonder if this is related to like dialysis and stuff because it's about things going through like membranes, the passage of blood cells through capillary walls into this. So this this is what happens when your blood is sending, your blood is the thing that carries all the stuff through the body, the oxygen and the nutrients and all those other things. And when it gets to, I guess, the capillaries, um, that material, not, well, I guess the blood cells specifically, they pass through the walls of the capillaries so they can go into the tissues, the muscles, the ligaments, the whatever it is. And so that process is called diapedesis. Why is it called that? Because it is from the Greek word diapedesis, which literally means act of leaping through. Act of leaping through. From diapedon, which means to leap through. From dia plus pedon, which means to leap so I just imagine little blood cells 
leaping over a hurdle. Maybe they're running the hurdle race, leaping over hurdles, which through they're going through the walls. It kind of feels like you're going from one dimension to another dimension. Leaping, the act of leaping through this dimension to another dimension. So that was diapedesis. I, uh, I really liked a lot of the words in this episode. Uh, there was some good stuff here. I learned some really fascinating things. Um, okay, so we talked about that. So now we have to reread the words and then sing a little song about the word of the episode, which we don't know what it's going to be yet. We had diamond, 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 diamond back, diamond back moth, diamond back rattlesnake, diamond back terrapin, diamondiferous, diamond in the rough, Diana, Dianthus, Diapazin, Diapause, Diapausing, and Diapedesis. Well, yeah, as I said, there were some fantastic words here. I mean, you know, somebody else uh, might pick diamond, somebody who loves the gems, the sparklies, uh, the things that are diamante or diamante. They might pick diamond. Um, anybody who loves animals might pick a terrapin, a rattlesnake, or a moth. I do love animals, but you know, they're. F- I'll put I'll put them on the social media at Dictionary Pod. Um, but I think oh, and diamondiferous is just a fantastic word that we might need to figure out how to say backwards someday. Diamondiferous, sir, sir, I don't know. That was off the top of my head. It was pretty crappy, I think. But I am going to pick diapason as the word of the episode because it just it's just all the things, all the notes, all of the stuff, especially music-related. I don't know. I just find this like a fascinating word that I've never heard before. So I guess my song will be something like um, diapason, diapason, because I went through all the frequencies that my voice could make, kind of. Okay, that's going to be the end of this episode. Um, I don't really think I have anything else to say other than that, so let's just keep on chugging through these episodes, and you keep on listening and sharing this and scribe, subscribing it and uh, doing all those things so more people can learn about this podcast and they can have fun listening to it. And there will be more guests coming up, I promise you. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. Goodbye.